How will the Dallas Cowboys solve their running back mess in 2023? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every locked, day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode of Locked On Cowboys is brought to you by Nissan. The only thing more exciting than the big game is the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. There's only five days left until the Super Bowl. Are you ready? The Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we are talking about my favorite position in the world yeah. today, running backs. How are you doing? Good. I was actually just thinking I, I'd just hand the show over to you and just allow, allow you to kind of you know espouse on your profound love for the position and, and the value there. So uh, I'm doing well. I, we're, we're getting close to the Super Bowl. We're, we're kind of going through our positions and kind of doing a review. Uh, and we have hit the uh, the infamous running back position, which uh, you are famous for 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 loving. So I'm excited to hear what your thoughts are here. All right, so let's let's recap the Cowboys running backs from 2022. Zeke uh, Elliott, another kind of crazy year, right? Uh, no, not did not reach a thousand rushing yards for I think the first time in his career, maybe second time in his career. Uh, did score double digit touchdowns. It was Tony Pollard, who only started a few games this year that made the Pro Bowl. What was the biggest storyline coming out of the running back room for you this season? I, I think, you know, it starts with kind of the usage questions, right? Like, I mean, I think for several years we've talked about uh, the the splits between Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott and whether P- Tony should get more snaps than uh, Zeke. And I think this was the year that they actually finally found uh, what seemed to be a very good balance between the two that allowed Tony to remain mostly healthy throughout the season while uh, still getting the kind of quality they wanted up front in the, in the regular season, uh, rushing the football. You know, I think they, they just, they finished, you know, I think with, with you include Dax numbers in there, they finished just over 2000 yards rushing. Um, and I, and I think that that in the, they did so while managing to keep both running backs, well, at least keep Pollard fresh until the end of the season so that he was ready to go for the playoffs. And, and unfortunately he ended up getting injured, but I think that that was the big storyline is the Cowboys kind of finally found a a balance that was um, efficient and effective and actually got, you know, help was allowing them to uh, kind of lean on the running game at certain points th- throughout the season, especially when uh, uh, Dak was hurt, uh, but also was able to, uh, you know, despite production and being able to keep up the production, was also able to manage to keep most of the running backs healthy for th- throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, this was basically a 50-50 backfield. Now, Pollard missed a game. Zeke missed two games. But Zeke had 248 touches. Pollard had 232. So what? Zeke was getting one more touch a game. And a lot of that was just because of short yardage and goal line stuff. Like, if you take out the short yardage stuff and we just call it, like, neutral touches, Pollard actually got more touches this year. So this was the first time ever that we saw basically a 50-50 split. We even thought about going into the season like, hey, this could be 60-40 Zeke or you know 55-45 Zeke, then that's an improvement. But this is truly a 50-50 backfield for most of the season. 
Yeah, and I think that that's really the uh, the the kind of big key to to why they were managing to have so much success on the ground. I think is that they found a, a balance that was able to kind of keep Pollard in all these games, uh, so that you could get his explosive runs uh, when you when you got them, but also manage to take on the the the. The, the the touches that go on throughout the season, uh, put them on Zeke and allow him to do what he does well, which is obviously short yardage, goal line, that sort of things. So my my next question for you is, do we anticipate, no matter who is at running back next year, whether it's Zeke and Pollard, just Zeke in a draft pick or Pollard in a draft pick, that the Cowboys are going to keep this 50-50 split with whoever's in the backfield? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that that, that you know, it sounds like McCarthy is a big fan, generally speaking, of kind of the the rotation running back situation, running back by committee. Yes. Um, so I do think that no matter what the situation is next year, even if you know you only have one of Zeke or Pollard next year, that there's likely going to be another running back in here vying for carries and, and getting kind of a, a share of it. Just because, like, look, it's a 17-game season. Even when it was a 16-game season, it was too long for one running back. It's too many touches. It's just too much wear and tear on one body. And it's not even just about like, you know, shortening the, the running back's career. It's about shortening the effectiveness of that running back in that season, you know, and being able to have an effective running back at the end of the season and into the uh, playoffs when, when you need them. So I, I definitely think that no matter what happens, you're not likely to see a, a kind of single running back situation. You're likely to see a rotation. Uh, all right. My next question for you is about Zeke. Uh, we're going to get into Pollard and what they do in the future, but Zeke, I actually thought in the first nine or 10 games of the season, Zeke looked pretty explosive. Um, I'm looking at the stats right now. First nine games of the year, uh, 577 rushing yards, average 4.1 yards per carry, seven touchdowns. And it's important to remember a lot of that was with, again, no Tyron Smith at left tackle. Uh, a new starter at left tackle and Tyler Smith, Dak missing most of that time. And I thought she thought he looked good. The problem was the final, Oh, I don't know, seven weeks of the season or, or so he just looked done. I mean, he was averaging. Yeah. Final seven games of the season, 3.2 yards per carry. It seems like this is a trend now where he starts off the season looking quick. And then by midway of the season, he's just completely shot. What should the Cowboys do moving forward with Zeke? Well, I, I mean, I think that that's probably something that is likely to happen, not just with Zeke. I mean, I think that that's they gave him the lion's share of the running uh, of his carries up front, you know, during the first part of the season. Uh, and then as he started to accumulate touches, I think he definitely, uh, you know, f- kind of fell off as, as time went on. So I do think that this is not just a Zeke problem. I think this is a this is this is kind of indicative of what we're just discussing, right? Like the number of touches that you get wears on you as the season goes on. Very few running backs are as effective after a large number of touches throughout the season. So the problem I, is I, those those last seven weeks were, I mean, there yeah. was just no gas left at all. Well, I mean, again, I I think you know maybe it's time to start considering a, a running back by committee situation that includes three running. Right. Because I do think that adding that third running back kind of at least assures you that, you know, if one of these guys gets banged up, you still have a healthy two that can kind of run with you. And it gives you more options of guys that you can trust to rely to put out there because you've, you know, you've had snaps of them out there throughout the season. 
and you're not like feeling that you get to the end of the year and your choices are a beat up Ezekiel Elliott or, you know, Malik Davis, who I think they liked and, and ran really well when he had the football, but maybe they just didn't feel comfortable kind of putting in in more of a full-time role unless they had to. Uh, I think having kind of a more true running back by committee where you have like two or three of these guys like fully kind of rotating in, it gives you more options so that if the wear and tear starts to get down into one of them, you can kind of uh, alleviate that, you know, shift the carries to the other two and, and, and give the other guy a break a little bit until he can kind of heal up and get his I mean, we, we've talked about Zeke and his contract situation. We think the Cowboys are going to try to get him back on a reduced deal. But I, I've got some major questions as does he even fit in a Mike McCarthy style of offense or a West Coast style of offense? Um, but in his final 13 games of the season, he had 71 receiving yards. Yeah. 71. In a, in a West Coast offense, you need your running back to be able to not only get out of the backfield and catch the ball, but to be able to make plays, you know, and be able to run different routes. And I, I, I think Zeke early in his career could do that. But at age 28, are you really expecting him to be a dynamic receiver at all? I, I think that that's fair. I think that, that, you know, he's not necessarily that anymore. But I also think we have to look towards the type of touches that he was getting as a receiver you know he there was were a lot getting of outlet stuff right? lot, and, and not even just outlets but like Dak's not going to take a sack and he doesn't want to throw it away so he th- throws it to Zeke who as soon as he catches it has got a guy like less than a yard away from him so, but, and, or screenplays that never ever developed properly you know that you're, that's you're not, not wrong but he's also not the type of guy that you want running a Texas route against the linebacker anymore. no no I no think earlier absolutely. in his career maybe but not anymore yeah I I, I, I think what I'm saying here is that I do think he could be a better receiver than what we've seen from him last year, just based on usage. But I, I, I don't know that that necessarily is something that I'm excited for, you know, not, you know, seeing him kind of, uh, you know, running flat routes or like you said, Texas routes, you know, out of the backfield, that's not necessarily, you know, his cup of tea. So I, I you know, I think that he still could continue to have uh, a lot of value. You see running backs that are of his ilk, that are of his style in these West Coast systems, and they have roles, but it's it's certainly not like the lead back role. It's it's more of the the change of pace type of guy that comes in and kind of you know he closes out, closes out games or gets physical when you want to start adding that element to your offense. Let's talk about Tony Pollard uh, and what he did this year as a Pro Bowl running back and what his future might look like with the Dallas Cowboys. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They are currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. Just download the PrizePick app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKDOWN. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKDOWN at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All 
All right, Landon, let's talk about Tony Pollard. Um, uh, we can get into in a second what the Cowboys should do with him long-term, but just from what you saw from him in the 2022 season, what kind of year do you think he had? An incredible one. I mean, obviously, he was one of the best running backs in football last year. I think that you know the numbers bear that out. The, the tape bears that out. When he got the ball, he was incredibly dangerous. He was breaking tackles at an incredibly high rate. He was explosive. Uh, he was a good receiver. Um, I just think... You know, he had the kind of year that they have been trying to build towards for a for for a while, I think. Um, and I, I think that they did a great job of like protecting him for the most part too, and allowing him to kind of continue to produce throughout the season. Um, you know, the injury is obviously just so unfortunate, but I think you know you saw a guy that had these kind of skills early on, and, and this was uh, him at the height of his power, fully understanding what he was doing. Um, and you know, even, even down to the things that, uh, that had been kind of viewed as weaknesses in his game, he had really, really developed yeah. as a pass protector. And, um, so I, I just think that he, the difference to me in his running style this year, as opposed to previous years is he seemed more patient at times mm-hmm. running inside, especially, um, where previously it felt like if a play, uh, was designed to go inside, but had an option to bounce outside. He was bouncing it outside almost every single time. Now it feels like he's a little bit more patient, wait, letting the blocks run and trusting the blockers in front of him and then shooting through the hole when it opens up. Uh, and I think that that's made him a more diverse runner. It's made him more difficult. You know, you can't uh, – it's harder for, for uh, linebackers to track the, the running back when he isn't consistently b- bouncing it outside. You have to keep, keep – you know, keep in mind that he could keep it keep it inside so it just it makes a linebacker's job much more difficult it it, it messes with the angles if if he's running the, the runs correctly and, and i think it makes tony a more dangerous running back and and i think that bared itself out throughout the season just how dangerous he, he had become how many long runs did he have where he started inside and then popped to the outside where yeah that really didn't happen earlier in his career he was mostly an outside runner every now and again he would have a big hole that would open up and he would make plays, but I mean, I think about the run that he had against the Rams earlier this year where inside run scores a touchdown, or against Minnesota where he's lined up as a uh, as a receiver. He just runs by Jordan Hicks, the linebacker. I mean, such a versatile weapon, and it does feel like this is the right way to use him. Uh, he had almost 200 carries in the regular season. He had 39 receptions, so... 240, 250 touches is probably the most I want him touching the ball because I do think there's probably some diminishing returns if you give him 300-ish touches. But, I mean, he's the he can really do it all. And I think after a couple of years of warming up in the system, like he really doesn't have a weakness anymore in his career. Like you can feel, you feel comfortable having him on you know every phase of offense. Yeah, and I think that what we just talked about really kind of opened up what he does better even even more, right? If if if, if linebackers every time he's getting the ball are anticipating that he's bouncing the ball outside, they're going to run outside and they're going to make the tackle. Yep. But if they have to account for the inside running aspect that he's added to his game, that's why you saw a lot of those big runs break outside because of that, right? They think he's going upside inside, he bounces it back outside, they're accounting for the inside. They can't beat him to the corner. So uh, yeah, I think, you know, he, they, like I said, the Cowboys did a really good job of, of, of kind of understanding, okay, this is our explosive player. He's, he's lightning in a bottle, but we don't 
want to just like use them every overuse them constantly, despite that that's what we feel like you want. You have to apportion out these touches yep. appropriately because it's a long season. The Cowboys did a good job of that, and they got rewarded by a Pro Bowl quality season from Tony Pollard. We should also mention Malik Davis before we talk about looking yeah. ahead to 2023. Davis didn't get a ton of work this year, only 38 carries. Um, most of them came in blowouts against Chicago and against Minnesota and against Tennessee. But from what we saw, I mean, I think he can be part of a running back rotation in 2023. Like, I think he's definitely shown the ability to be like, okay, you can be the between the tackle grinder if we need one. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think, you know, he's certainly earned a spot to kind of come back and, 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 you know, earn, earn a, a seat in that rotation. Uh, we're, we'll talk about what the running back room is going to look like next year. Who knows? Uh, but you know that Malik Davis is going to be there. So I think because of that certainty that he's going to be there and that you like him, uh, I think there's you know opportunity for him to you know get into the off season, you know, get ready uh, for a, a much larger role than he saw this year. And and I think that that's something that is likely in his future. I should mention the only running backs currently under contract for the Cowboys in 2023, Ezekiel Elliott, who will. Very much in doubt whether he comes back next year or not. And then Malik Davis, who the Cowboys signed as an undrafted free agent. So I think one way or another, Malik Davis is going to have a pretty big role for the Cowboys next season. Uh, Absolutely. And let's talk about what 2023 may look like for the Cowboys at the running back position. I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and calories? Then you've got to try Built Bar. We made it through the holidays. We're into February now. I know we're all trying to get a little bit healthier as we look forward to spring and summer. If you want to be healthier, but you don't want to compromise on taste, and we've got just a thing for you, it's Built Bar. It's a healthy protein bar that actually tastes good, uh, perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars taste so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, real chocolate, not that waxy tasting stuff. Uh, I know know what you guys, I mean, you know what I mean. It's awful, right? Uh, But they've got so many great flavors, including peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. Uh, My favorite right now is the the cookie dough. Uh, I still Mm. like the the coconut brownie chunk is one of my favorites. Not sure how they do it, but only 130 calories, four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait to go get a box. For years, we've been telling you to go to uh, built.com. and order your built bars there, which you can still do. That's how I get my cookie dough ones. But you can go to your local Walmart or your Sam's Club right now to pick them up. That's right. Head to your local Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four box of the uh, cookies and cream, double chocolate, or the coconut puffs. Or if you have a Sam's Club near you, go grab a 13-bar box of some of the new hit flavors, including ba- brownie batter and churro. Mm. You can thank us later. Go check yeah. it out at built.com. All right, Landon, let's talk about the future of this running back room. Uh, what do you think the Cowboys do here with Pollard being the unrestricted free agent, with Zeke's contract being so big? What happens? It's going to be really interesting to see, honestly, because the market is is what's really kind of the fascinating aspect of this, right? The The, the market is just about to be flooded with pretty high-quality running backs, to be honest. Um, Pollard being one of them, Saquon Barkley being another guy who's going to be on the market. There's at least two or three other guys. I, that I've I think, got the list here. Yeah, let's you've hear got, You've got Josh Jacobs, who was an all-pro running back yep. this year, led, led the NFL in rushing yards. Uh, you've got Saquon Barkley, 
David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, who's having a huge year with Philadelphia, uh, obviously Tony Pollard. And then you get into guys like Jamal Williams, who led the NFL in rushing touchdowns this year. And then, you know, kind of the part-time guys, whether it's Devin Singletary, Raheem Mostert, Jarek McKinnon, Kareem Hunt, uh, Dante Foreman, Darrell Henderson, Damian Harris, who's had a really nice career in New England. Plus, there's going to be five or six other running backs that get released before the start of the year, like potentially Joe Mixon. I mean, it's a it's a crowded, crowded free agent class. Yeah, it's really uh, uh, not the worst spot to be in if you need a running back. I mean, because the, there's lots of quality. And on top of that, since there's a lot of quality, um, the prices are probably going to be down, you know, because there's the competition is, is going to be fierce to kind of get that money. Teams are not paying running backs huge contracts across the league. So the it's not the market for running backs in general it is going to be weird and odd. And especially since we haven't, I don't know that we've seen a, a running back free agent class no. like this before in a long time. So, uh, and on top of that, you add in the fact that Pollard obviously is coming off a pretty gruesome injury. Um, so I think that there is a good chance that if the Cowboys want to get Pollard to come back, um, that they could uh, that on a, on a deal that is, you know, it's, it's probably pricey, but I mean, Considering what it was probably going to be, uh, you know, even just months ago, uh, it's probably a, a reasonable price. And again, if you compare that to with uh, all the other guys that are going to be on the market, you might be able to get Tony Pollard for a song. Um, but maybe that's not what you want to do. Maybe what you want to do instead is um, is go a completely different angle and and just the, the market. Right. The market certainly provides for that opportunity. I mean, we've been talking about for for you know, the whole season, basically, that there is an opportunity that if the Cowboys wanted to kind of find a way to keep Zeke but reduce the number, that they could, you know, redo his contract, reduce that number, extend things out, void years, that sort of thing. But there's also the opportunity that they just cut Zeke and then they they kind of go out and get some a, a Zeke equivalent that, you know, is more of a, a running back two that's kind of physical. Those guys will be available out there. Um, and then they either keep Tony Pollard or they go out and get us another running back, you know? So uh, the, there's also several running backs in the draft that, that may come up. Obviously people won't stop talking about Bijan to the Cowboys at 26, as much as I've begged them to. Um, but I, I do think this is the one position where the Cowboys, you look at it from the outside without kind of examining, you know, the draft and the free agency. And you look at it, you're like, man, you're, you're likely to lose both Pollard and Zeke. That's going to be rough. But the truth of the matter is there are tons of solutions that are going to be available to the Cowboys coming into the season. This is where the Cowboys are generally pretty patient in free agency. Sometimes two patients uh, that we talk about, right? This is a time that I think could actually work to your benefit, right? If you are very patient and you, let's say you move on from both Zeke and Pollard or not move on. Let's say you cut Zeke and you let Pollard hit free agency. I won't be shocked if we get to the end of March and Pollard's still sitting out there because he just hasn't got the deal that he's wanted, right? He probably yeah. wants a, if I'm guessing, like a three-year deal worth 40-something million, right? That pays him 13, 14 million a year. I just won't be surprised if teams are like, you know what? Let's just get a veteran free agent for 2 million and wait till the draft. It's just not worth paying that guy coming off an injury. I would love to see the Cowboys just wait just don't overreact to this market at all it's okay to not have a starting running back going into april it's not that big of a deal it's the one position that you can survive at just wait yeah i mean i i agree that i think that it's 
you know, it's one thing where you could panic and say, oh, we don't have a starting running back. We don't know what's going on. But the truth of the matter is, is that this is one of those positions that it's not like it needs to, they need to get in early and like learn a, a ton of stuff up front. No. It's, it's a position that, you know, it's, it's pretty instinctual. It's different uh, than like quarterback or wide receiver, because you do feel like at wide receiver, if you wait too long in free agency, the market's just going to dry up and there's not going to be guys. There's not going to be starting caliber receivers left in April in free agency. It's just not the case for running back. It's just not. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of those positions where there's just going to be a lot of uh, competition. And so the Cowboys are going to have options. They're going to have opportunities late to get somebody cheap if they wanted to go that route. So um, it's just about what they want to do, you know, what, what they want their room to look like ultimately. Yeah. Uh, I got a question for you regarding the free agent running backs. How many teams – do you think we'll shell out, let's say, ten plus million for a running back in free agency? I think I, I've got to believe the number's pretty low. I, I, yeah, I I don't know that's a huge number, but I think it's a couple. I mean, I think probably two three? or three. Yeah, okay. probably. Uh, let, let let's say it's three. Okay. No. Is Tony Pollard one of the three running backs that gets ten plus million a year? Because I've got a feeling Josh Jacobs is going to get paid more than Pollard, right? Just because he's a first round pick, he's healthy, and he just led the NFL in rushing yards. Is that fair? I think that's probably fair, yeah. Saquon Barkley, just because it's Saquon Barkley and he's a former number two overall pick? Possibly, but I think that there's there's injury concerns there too that would might shy some people off, yeah. Who gets paid more between Tony Pollard and Miles Sanders in free agency? I think Pollard does, but but I don't know. I mean, Sanders was part of a – I think it's it's – Sanders was part of a, a group of running backs that all had success behind that offensive line. And I think it's easy to look at Sanders's career as very up and down. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think Paul was also more a football running back this year. Yeah, he was. Uh, I, I, I mean, he had great numbers, incredible numbers in that system. Uh, I think that Pollard's a better running back, more explosive running. back. I, I think the, the problem here is the injury. Right. And how does that affect the evaluation of that and his timeline and, does he lose explosiveness? All those questions start to come into play now. All right. So I I mean, truthfully, I think Pollard is as good or better than every running back I mentioned. Seriously. Like the metrics yeah, would show that. I, I agree. Yeah. However, you know that the injury and you know that the fact that Jacobs and Barkley are first round picks that have had massive seasons before is what's going to get those guys more money in free agency. It, it just it just will. That's just how it works. Just yeah. how it works, right? Yeah. I've got a feeling after those first two guys get paid, Jacobs and Barkley, you're going to see a pretty big, or you should at least see a pretty big pay gap or a time that passes between when the next big running back contract comes off the board. So again, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm willing to wait here. If somebody overpays Tony Pollard, 14 million a year, that's fine. It's, it's whatever. And I understand like it might happen. Yeah, it's, it might happen, but, I'm just not sure there is a $11 million difference between who you'll get on March 20th compared to who you'll get on April 7th, right? In free agency. Uh, Yeah, I I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think that ultimately that's why the injury kind of really changed a lot of the angles, right? Is um, it's, it's not just the injury on itself. It's the injury uh, in conjunction with, Yep. how deep the market is right and and there's already kind of a a, a competition to the pecking order to see who the top running back mark you know on the market will be 
uh, and the injury kind of just knocked pe- Tony down a couple pegs, despite the fact that it may or may not be a long-term situation that have effect on his, uh, on his long-term outlook. Uh, it, it will have an effect on his ability to sign a contract. So um, it will be interesting to see exactly how those slot out now, because I agree. I think Pollard is at the very top of that list. As far as talent goes, does the injury affect the, the, the money there? That's, that's what we'll wait and see. The other thing that's really interesting really quickly before we go is a lot of the teams have excess amount of cap space already have their running backs. Like the Patriots have Ramondre Stevenson who had a lights out year. The Texans have Damian Pierce. The Ravens have a million running backs, including JK Dobbins. The Seahawks have Kenneth Walker. Uh, The Raiders are going to, I think they're going to want to get Josh Jacobs back. So really quickly, you see that the teams that have all this cap space that could be shelling out for running backs I mean, they probably won't just because they already have their guys in the roster. So the running back market is something that I'm really interested in. I'm fascinated by it. I'm, I'm curious to see what wave Tony Pollard is a part of. So it and could he, crater. It could crater. I mean, oh. that's the, I, I, I think there's a very real chance of what you just said happening where like Barkley and Jacobs get paid a lot of money. And I think didn't this happen with the wide receivers a couple of years? Maybe it was there was a, a free agent. Uh, market that that did this very similarly safeties. where safeties I, th- I think you're right yeah where like they had two safeties that got paid crazy money and then the market just cratered after that and 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 no one got paid anything similar to the top two guys after that and, and running back very well may be uh that same situation uh where it's it's you know you, you've got the two guys that are maybe a match for the two or three teams that want to spend that kind of money on a running back and then once they eat up those opportunities, these other guys who are still very of very high quality may be looking for for jobs in, in a market that is, uh, you know, not quite what they were hoping for when they went in. Yeah, and if you look at the running back market last year, like a lot of the top running backs were taking like two year, twelve million dollar deals because there was just nothing out there for those yeah. guys. Really, I mean, he, I, I think about somebody like Melvin Gordon, who had a bad year last year, but he signed a one-year, two and a half million dollar deal, like in May. That's what a lot of these running backs, even good guys like David Montgomery, and, and those guys could be looking at uh, with this free agent market, uh, free agent class coming up. That's it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday. And on Monday, local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes, Locked On NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Go follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Tomorrow, we're going to be reviewing the wide receivers from the 2022 season. We'll see you guys then.